Hey everyone, and welcome back to SBN on the go. I'm in a great mood today. Chicago's gonna hit over 70 degrees. We got the Cubs home opener. It's a great day to be alive. As usual, I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Garrett Weir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of SBN on the go, a bi-weekly podcast for commercial real estate professionals and leveraging the power of SBN's unique platform. Today, we're sitting down with Reed Bennett out of SBN Chicago Commercial. Reed's a CCIM and serves as a National Council Chair of Multifamily Properties for SVN International and is a Senior Vice President for SVN Chicago Commercial. As a licensed managing broker, he focuses primarily on the sale of apartment communities across the Midwest while teaming with members of his council to serve clients in over 150 markets across the country. In 2016 and 2018, Reed received the coveted Partner Circle Award from SVN, where he is ranked in the top 25 among all SVN advisors across the nation. Prior to merging with SBN, Reed worked with condo converters as well as large apartment complex buyers and sellers. Embodying the spirit of SBN, Reed fully utilizes the national platform and the collaborative efforts to best perform for his clients on a global level. Thank you for joining us today, Reed. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, no problem. So kind of just jumping right into it, we wanted to know how did you get started in commercial real estate and tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Sure. Well, I first moved to Chicago uh, right after I graduated college. And uh, actually, my major in college was uh, corporate fitness, which is kind of an unusual major. And I was running a personal training studio downtown in the loop and a majority of my clients were uh, either lawyers or uh, real estate brokers or investors and a couple of my clients kept coming down and showing me the the checks that they were generating on the brokerage side and it was it was more than my entire salary uh, or what I was making as a uh, private personal trainer and running that studio so uh, it really piqued my interest real estate has always been interesting to me um, my college roommate read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, sent me the book uh, right after we graduated, and he pretty much followed the concepts in the book to a T. Uh, he's now retired, uh, and I'm still uh, trying to sling multifamily buildings. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, it's it's a it was a fantastic book. I'm sure many people uh, in this business have read that book. It just it changed my outlook on life and and really how to see uh, the world from a different uh, you know set of glasses. So got involved in the business uh, in 2001. Uh, originally started in an area of Chicago uh, that was kind of changing and evolving and and really what I started out with focusing on was condo converters because that was really the hottest thing that was happening in Chicago. And at one point, my database included 176 different condo converter, uh, condo converters in the market that I was working. And I had thought really in, in 2002, three, four, that there would be no more apartment buildings that every single apartment building was going to be converted. And that's really how, that's how hot it was in this market. Um, and I really didn't even pay attention to how to underwrite a multifamily asset for the first three, four years of my career because converters didn't really care about 
income and expenses. They only cared about what the layouts were, uh, how many one bedrooms, two bedrooms, how big could they convert uh, the one bedrooms with dining rooms into a two bedroom, and then what would they be able to sell them on the back end? Uh, and then eventually we uh, started selling deals for um, really mom and pops that were that own their properties and their their apartment building for 20, 30, 40 years, and then started getting them into garden style apartments outside of the city. And that's, that's kind of really where that, that took off. All right. So um, as uh, SVN's multifamily product council chair, um, you're obviously very focused on your product type. Um, why did you choose multifamily or I guess condo conversions originally as a focus point? Well, it was something that I, I originally wanted to, to invest in. Uh, myself, and it was something that made most sense to me, uh, especially as you know, as, as things have progressed in this market. Uh, retail, you can shop virtually. Um, I try to avoid going to a, any type of store to, to buy any goods. Uh, office, most people with you know tablets, iPhones, uh, laptops, you can office anywhere in the world. Uh, and really do our job from there. The only thing that you can't do virtually is is live, uh, at least at this point. I mean, maybe sometime down the road, you you could uh, you could walk into a phone booth and 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 put on your virtual reality equipment and, and feel that you're in a, a twenty five thousand square foot mansion. But till that time period comes, everybody needs a place to live, and especially since the downturn, really every. Uh, the, the entire nation has become a more of a renter nation and the concept of owning and owning your own home really has, has gone by the wayside and has really decreased, uh, especially since world war two. So everybody needs a place to live. It's always going to be there. The, the amount of renters coming into the market, uh, you know, by 2020 are going to be in the, you know, two, three million additional renters. So it just seems like a, uh, an interesting asset class to me, and you know, once once we started focusing on an asset class, it made commercial real estate a heck of a lot easier. Um, just kind of narrowing it down to a to a specialty to an area just makes the the business that much easier. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... Actually, Brian McCann, who was SVN's Rookie of the Year, um, he was on the last podcast, and he was talking about how, from an investor standpoint, a lot of investors choose multifamily to go into originally because you know most people have lived in a um, you know multifamily apartment more you know at some point, so it's easy to understand and wrap your head around um, as opposed to other asset classes. It seems like it's something that that the vast majority of real estate investors can understand. It's a little easier to underwrite. It has a lot fewer barriers to entry than I think a lot of the other asset classes. So yeah, I would agree with that assessment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to your, I guess it would be your condo conversion days, how did you um, land your first deal? And I guess for my edification, what, what, what kind of goes into a condo conversion? I'm assuming you're doing multifamily properties into condos. Um, if you could talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, 
the the way that I found my first deal and how I found all of my deals is, is really the same way I would go about uh, finding and and digging up deals in in this market or any advisor would really be finding deals. So what I did when I first started is I had a book of Chicago zip codes and it was a map of each zip code. So I printed out and I, I forget how many we have. We have 60 some zip codes and I, I really wanted to focus on really to start breaking it down. And, and that's, that's how I've found success. And, and really rather than sitting there saying, look, I need to put, 5,000 new people into a database. If you break it down to, I need to put five people a a week or five people a day when you're starting out into the database and kind of just break it down into smaller bits, it it seems a lot less daunting. So what I started was I got those zip code maps and I got in my car and I would drive up and down each one of the streets in the zip code. At that time, uh, you know, kind of dating myself, but digital cameras had just come out. And I think they were like one megapixel cameras. So I would take, uh, I could fill up on one of the SIM cards, I think about a hundred properties. So I'd drive up and down. I would take a picture of each one of the properties that I thought was at least 12 units. Uh, Cause I was focusing on about 12 to 60 units at the time. And I would come back. I would try to do that over the weekend and Saturdays and Sundays, come back on Mondays, look up, uh, all of the properties, catalog every one of those properties in that zip code, uh, and then just start sending out letters to those individual owners and operators. And in that process, I started seeing a lot of the property. You could you could tell when a deal was being either completely renovated or uh, in the process of condo conversion because there'd be a building permit up on the window, and there'd be a substantial you know there'd be a a huge dumpster out front, substantial renovations going on. And, and during that point in time, it, nobody was renovating apartments. It was all condo conversions. So you, all you'd do is you'd go up to uh, the permit because every building had to have a permit and it had to have a contact individual on that permit with their phone number. And I would just go up to that permit, look at that phone number, see who the contact individual was. 75, 80% of the time, that was the principal that was converting the deal. Call them up, say, hey, notice you're converting this deal on Spalding, um, or it looks like you are. Are you looking for additional assets in the in the area? And then they would tell me, absolutely. Uh, we're looking in this, this range, this zip code. We're looking for 12 to 50 units. They'd give me their criteria, and then I just would start looking for, for those deals. And that's you know, that particular stage of of finding a new project for a condo converter is very similar to uh, talking to owners and operators of multifamily, knowing what they're looking for, and in the process of calling on every existing asset, a multifamily asset, you're looking for that specific person to start with, uh, and it's a, it's a great place to start with a, a conversation. Yeah, definitely. And just kind of switching gears here, but also kind of on that same topic, uh, we had the chance to listen to the SVN building blocks talk you gave a couple of weeks ago uh, in regards to LinkedIn. 
So we want to know what you do to leverage your personal profile and how do you integrate LinkedIn into your commercial business and kind of how do you use it to either find new clients or find the right people to be talking to? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, when I first started the process of getting the CCIM uh, designation, there was uh, a seminar that was put on by CCM downtown Chicago. I believe they had one of the, the founder of LinkedIn putting this on. This was probably 07, 08. Um, and it was a full day LinkedIn seminar. And what the gentleman said that was running it was you will know more when you leave today than 98% of the people that are, that are utilizing LinkedIn know uh, as to how to run that. And he, he was totally correct. Uh, in that uh, that statement, and so just building off of that, I started looking at the LinkedIn platform, and um, you know, I don't know if you guys uh, ever watched the sitcom Thirty Rock, uh, but Alec Baldwin's, um, you know, back in oh seven oh eight, Alec Baldwin's character was trying to find a new, I forget if it was a CEO or somebody for the company, and uh, they were saying, you know, they were looking over the applicants and. They said about one of the one of the individuals, you know, this guy has a, a, a LinkedIn profile. For God's sake, he's out. And I, <laughs> and I think I, I, I think LinkedIn had a totally different um, view than it does now. I mean, I see all of the CEOs of of major companies have LinkedIn profiles. Every acquisition head, uh, every lender, um, I would say ninety percent of them now are on LinkedIn. And so what I did in the building blocks is just really a best practices on how to utilize LinkedIn uh, within your business practice. And with that, uh, what I talked about was, first of all, to establish a presence on LinkedIn is just another avenue. It's, it's kind of, to me, a necessary evil of, of the business today. And to have the, the presence there is is extremely important because when we're when we're giving pitches or we're talking to uh, owners and operators or even lenders, they're looking us up on LinkedIn right now. And if you don't have a, a robust and focused uh, profile page on LinkedIn, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And you know, one of the key, and I'll open mine up. Uh, you know, one of the key things is to first make sure because I think nowadays we have I don't know what it is seven seconds before people are, are moving on to the next thing that they're looking at on their phone so you need to have foremost your your profile picture is key I, I do not connect to anybody that doesn't have a profile picture up um, your picture has to be up your information and a key is having your specialty right behind your name because that'll pop up on people's mobile apps and mobile phones while they're looking at your profile and they can quickly determine whether or not they're going to connect with you or not. So, you know, from the start, build up your, um, build up your profile and make it the, the things in your profile have to be relevant to the people that are going to be looking at your profile and, uh, you have to be telling them exactly who you are, what you do, what your specialty is. 
and then from there, we, um, with our profiles, we just build on, we, we can do projects. So projects, uh, the way that I use projects there include specific deals that we're working, uh, either marketing or just closed. You can also link your deals to the build out, uh, to a build out website. So people can go in and say, Hey, you know, I have actually had people reach out to me on LinkedIn buyers, uh, and sellers say, Hey, I looked at your profile. I saw a lot of your projects because, you know, I see that you work the exact kind of asset class that, that we're looking to buy. Uh, and so they've reached out to me that way. Um, also, you know, if I see an article that is specific to multifamily or affordable housing, um, both areas that we're working. If it's if it's an article that I think is very interesting, that would be interesting to uh, you know to the industry. I just post it, and when I post it, I try to give credit to the uh, either the uh, publication to the individual if they're on either LinkedIn or, or Twitter, and send that out along with just a maybe a, just a paragraph saying, "Hey, here's here's what's going on in multifamily. Here's." Here's where the rates are, just something specific to that article, and then just send that out. And that could be one or two times a day. Um, and just to give a real life example of, of and it kind of goes out there, and I never know or never knew if, if people were reading it or cared. Uh, I was actually at uh, Real Share Apartments in Los Angeles a few years ago, and one of the attendees came up to me and said, Oh, hey, I, I watch your feed on LinkedIn, because I, I don't feel like going out and trying to find all of the multifamily focused articles. I just watch your feed and, and click on all the articles each day. And so it was just something, you know, it's keeping your, your name and your contact information fresh in the people's, uh, on people's feeds. Uh, also, um, you know, you can continually connect with people. And once you connect with them, you have their email and that's, that's huge to the database. So right now I think I have, you know, over 5,400, uh, real estate focused contacts. And, and once I have, once they accept the connection or once somebody reaches out to me and connects, I now have their email. We now dump that into our database. Uh, so we have, you know, they're now on the mailers, they're on everything that you need to send out as far as an email is concerned. Uh, and it's a great way to, to collect emails of, of people that are in the industry. Yeah, definitely. And it also, I mean, obviously keeps you very relevant and top of mind when, when people think about you and see what comes up on your LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually didn't even know about the um, projects feature on LinkedIn. So thank you for that. Reed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's a really unique section that, that we can use and you know you can put links to deal you know if you have it I, I, I need to do a better job of keeping up with it because I you know when you have more time um, you can make them really robust and once you have it on there it's it should be easy to keep keep up to date but you can put that link like I said to build out and then when you close a deal you can change that to, to closed and then if it was ever published uh, in a publication, the closing, you can take that link and put it in there uh, as well into that old project. So there's a lot of ways to use it. And I'm, I'm probably only utilizing it 
30% of what you can be doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess, you know, switching gears here again, or maybe not, um, in your mind, what differentiates SVN from the competition? Obviously, the Chicago office has been, you know, with SVN for years now. So how do you see SVN in that, in your market, or just overall as a brand? Well, I see, you know, definitely our office, I think we have, 54, 55 agents right now, which, uh, you know, I believe is one of the largest in, in SVN. And um, I got involved with SVN in 2008. Uh, I was at a, a local boutique firm and started losing listings uh, to sellers that were saying, look, you know, I have a partnership agreement. A partnership agreement indicates that I have to list and accept bids from a nationally recognized firm. And so I, I kept getting pushed out in a couple specific instances where I had brought off market deals. It was then listed with one of our national competitors and sold for you know, less than a percentage point away from the initial offer I had brought in. But I was kicked off, you know, I, I wasn't even invited to the table because I wasn't part of a nationally recognized firm. So initially that's, that's what drew me to the company. And you know, I would say the first month that we came on with SVN and sent out the notification to our uh, our local database here, one of our clients said, "Oh, you guys are now national. Could you could you sell my deal in Fargo, North Dakota?" And we actually said, "Absolutely." And so it was a. a pretty large 120,000 square foot downtown Maine and Maine building that we ended up listing and putting on the Monday call, one of the San Diego SVN agents brought a REIT from San Diego to Fargo, North Dakota, and we closed the deal. I'd never seen the property. Uh, it was a, ended up being like a $15 million transaction right out of the gates with SVN. And from there, just kind of never looked back and believed in the process and really believed that, uh, in, you know, in, in the collaborative uh, efforts of SVN. And that's definitely one of the things that we incorporate in every one of our pitches. And we typically always ask to go last if we know that we're pitching uh, with multiple, uh, multiple other companies. And what that does is, you know, we sit down and we say to the to the people that we're meeting with, you know, you just met with uh, XYZ brokerage and ABC brokerage, and you know, you know, we all are in. We're all specialists in the multifamily arena. We all have probably very similar databases, um, but the difference when you uh, award the listing to us is now we are going to turn them uh, from competitors to partners in our marketing efforts. Uh, and it's it's not going to be the 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 other way around, uh, and we're going to invite them and proactively and you know uh, present the uh, all of our listings to our competition and invite them to to bring in buyers, and it really kind of opens up a lot of the a lot of the sellers' eyes, and uh, you know I was listening to your other uh, presentation with uh, with Gabriel and he put it very succinctly that. 
you know, this is definitely something that is foreign to the commercial real estate industry. And many of the, I would say 95% of the, the sellers that we talk to uh, and mention the collaboration uh, that we do assume that all of the industry and all of our competitors collaborate just like we do. So it's a, it's a bit of an uh, education to them once they find out how things actually exist within the commercial real estate industry. Yeah, and that's a huge advantage that kind of our advisors can use in trying to land, uh, try to land some of that business. Um, but yeah, kind of wrapping up here, Reed, do you have any final words of advice for some of uh, somebody new just getting started in the business? And kind of what would you say to that person, uh, maybe you back in 2001 when you were just getting started? Yeah, I, th I think the first thing is what we talked about earlier, which is which is specialization, and and really try to pin that down early on in your career, uh, because a lot of the generalists are, are people that try to work all the food groups. Um, unless you're in such a tertiary market where you have to, it makes it makes that whole kind of see of, of commercial real estate kind of come down into a, a manageable focus if you can if you can jump on board early with a specialty uh, within within an asset class uh, or even a geographic range I know uh, Scott Maisel here in the West Loop office he does all asset classes within just the West Loop so whether it be a, a geographic focus or an asset class focus I, I'd say Early on, pick a focus. It makes life so much easier. It makes the sky look bluer when you walk out rather than just having to have your head down trying to learn everything and uh, learn every little nuance about every asset class. There's not enough time in the day to do that. So the earlier you can specialize, I think the better it is for your career. Excellent. Perfect words of wisdom for a new advisor. And uh, well, yeah, Reed, we just really wanted to say thanks for taking the time out of, we know, your really busy schedule to talk to us. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed what you had to say. And yeah, thank you for everything. Thanks for the time. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for listening to this episode of SVN On The Go. Join us on Tuesday, April 23rd for our next episode. We'll see you then. You keep it classy, SVN.